If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Get ready, sports fans, because the Rao Report starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rao Report. I'm your host, Christian Rao. This is a Slasher Sports production, and we are here. With PJ Bonello, he is the host of Scooter and the Big Man podcast, and we're going to talk some New York Mets. How fun is this team going to be this season? The money-spending team this year. PJ, what's going on, man? Oh, Tristan, I'm doing good, man. Uh, happy baseball is back. You know, Mets are Mets are getting me excited for a season to start. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, and I can only imagine how you're feeling as a Mets fan and someone who covers the Mets mm-hmm. about what's going on with this team. So much money being spent. It's amazing. I want to break it down with you this in this episode today, but first, before we even get started, the lockout is over. Just like you said, baseball is back. We are finally going to get baseball. We, we're seeing you know spring training getting ready to start here in, in a few days. Well, I guess it'd be tomorrow. Um, so what's your thoughts about how you know just baseball's back? I, I know you got to be excited. I, I'm extremely excited. I've had I've had like the Passin, the Heyman, the the Drellich, all the beat, all the writers uh, notifications on on my Twitter just to pop up ever since really ever since that first, you know, the little the little flutter that we thought baseball was going to be back before they, they canceled those first games. And I just had them on ever since. And that that first night right before we got it was it was just there was something in the air. I was like, I, I think we might have something I I I think baseball might be coming back. And then sure enough, I think it was what, like middle of the day, a week ago, I saw the jet pass after he got hacked, which was pure, pure hilarity. That's all we needed. <laughs> and then that, that was the thing. You just need to sell some NFTs. And then I just saw the, his, the tweet baseball's back. And I was, I was ecstatic. I, I immediately called my dad. I was like, the Mets are back. Baseball's back. And it was just an absolute moment of pure, pure joy. Yes, uh, pure joy by far. I, I have been a little kid in a candy store watching every content I possibly can. I I, stu- I stared at, so I'm, an, I'm from Old Dominion University. That's the college I went to. So Justin Verlander's an alumni there. So I have stared at a video of him just pitching, just a little warm-up pitch about 100 times in a row. I was talking <laughs> about it to rip on the, on the Astros uh, episode the other day but I, I've, I've it's just like the little things you know watching players walk into the complexes you just just knowing that we are that much closer to opening day and we can finally say it with confidence it's just fantastic I'm so excited and how exciting are these New York Mets gonna be you finally got an owner that's going to at least put his money where his mouth is and mm-hmm. make it work that's got to be exciting as well 
Oh, he he is more than just put his money where his mouth is. He's just t- taking his entire bank account, just put it on the table in front of everyone. They had to create an entire tax just just to try and stop him. And he was just like, yeah, do it. We're probably still going to go over it, but you do whatever you need to do. So that's just it. If you would have told me five years ago and we still had the Will Ponds uh, operating things, I, I use operating as uh, loosely as I possibly can. Um and saying that we're going to, five years later, we're going to have Max Scherzer, we're going to have the highest payroll in all of base. We're going to sign Starling Marte, Mark Hanna, Eduardo Escobar, and, and trade for all, make all these big, big moves. I would have told you you were nuts. I would have told you you were crazy. I would have told you that was banana land. But we're here. This is what it is. And you, you were talking about you were just watching uh, Justin Verlander just throwing, throwing pitches over on loop, on loop, on loop. The one video that came out, it was the side-by-side of Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom throwing warm-up pitches, and that was... That that's what really made it feel real for me. If we're talking about just Max Scherzer being there, seeing that video was the first time I was like, "Oh my God, Max Scherzer is a New York Met. This is this is real." Yeah, it's really real. And you know, just last episode we just talked about the Washington Nationals, and then seeing him go from one part of the division to the other is going to be incredible. I was just talking to Nick Myers on the on the Washington episode. How crazy would it be if they put? Scherzer against Strasburg on like a Sunday night baseball. I think that would be one hell of a, yeah. That I, so I hope something like that happens. See, this is all the exciting predictions we can make. And we're going to talk more about them in this episode. Um, you know, you talked about the, the crazy things happening with the lockout. You were talking about all the different people you had notifications on. Did you fall or I wouldn't say fall, but did you have the faith in Bob Nightingale? Did you have it? Cause I did. <sighs> I, I regrettably had it just because I needed something to believe in. And I thought, I thought this lockout was so crazy. It was crazy enough that anything could happen. And he had his, his, his night, his one night of of fame and it, and all a lot of Bob Nightingale things that just kind of, uh, it turned out to be the opposite, but looking back on that, we have baseball. I look back and just laugh at it. And there's, that was just really funny. Not all heroes wear capes, but they bring bagels <laughs> the next day. So um, just keep that in sport. mind. Yeah, that's true. And Steve Cohen, like you said, you know, they're going to name a tax after him. I think he has the best quote so far this offseason. He said it's better than getting a name a bridge named after <laughs> you. So I love that. So, again, just really excited. He's he's a. Uh, He's cocky in the yeah. in the arrogant way that you would you would want an owner to be as Mets fans. you got to be excited. So let's talk about these New York Mets. And before we dig into what's going to happen this season, let's just take a real quick recap of what happened last year. Uh, last year, we had just the normal playoffs. It's not extended like it's going to be this year. They wound up going 77 and 85. Third place in the NL East. NL East was a tough division. Obviously, the World Series champs came out of it. Mm-hmm. Doing well for a while, fell off towards the end. What was your thoughts about this Mets team? Um, I mean, the one word I would use for last year was just kind of disappointing just because, you know, last year you had obviously the Francisco Lindor trade. Uh, you had like Marcus Stroman coming back. You had all these high expectations coming with like the first year of Cohen and they just fell flat. They were in first place for that 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 long time. It was, I think, the first three months they were in first place and just fell apart. They couldn't they couldn't hit in clutch spots. Their injuries were obviously the obvious uh, deterrent, the thing that everyone's going to look at. They said everybody besides I think pretty much everyone besides Marcus Stroman and maybe the Jonathan VR went on uh, the IR, the IL last year. So it, it was just a, a train wreck of a, of a season, even though like, yes, most of these like, oh, 77 and 85 might not be the worst, but for the expectations that I had and a lot of Mets fans had, it was, it was not fun, but some, 
there were some things to to take away that like Francisco Lindor picked it up towards the end of the season, even though he had a slow start. That the game against the Yankees on Sunday night baseball was a, a, a definite highlight for me with the, the three home runs. Um, but it was it was not the the season that I thought it was gonna be. But next year I, I think is gonna be much, much better. During the trade deadline last year, Javier Baez came over, and we thought that was going to be a really big deal to help you get into that playoffs. That obviously wasn't the case. He did well, but obviously other things happened. He's no longer on your team. He's over at Detroit. How did you like the little stint of Javier Baez being over there? I mean, I like Baez. He is, he is what he is. He's going to strike out a lot. He's going to make some questionable base running plays, but he has un, unimaginable power for a middle infielder. He is, he can make the the spectacular play like all all the the base running blunders he could make he'll make up for it by making an insane uh, wraparound slide around the catcher to score a run. Um, he's just uh, a personality that I love to watch, and I was hoping that they would retain him this year, but obviously that's not the case. I'm happy that I'm happy with any player getting their money, so good for him in in Detroit. Um, but I I was really hoping, kind of banking on him him coming back because he is obviously obviously friends with Francisco Lindor, good buddy. So I thought maybe he persuaded him to stay here, but I think the, the other moves and that's make more than make up for Javi Baez not being here. We're going to talk about some few other transitions or acquisitions, I should say, when we get closer and start talking about this season. One of the departures though was Marcus Stroman. We thought that that was not going to happen. At least a lot of people outside the organization did thought that was going to happen, thought that he was going to be there for a little longer. That wasn't the case. There was some social media backlash about that as well. What was your thoughts on that on that take? Um, I really wanted the Marcus Stroman to come back. I, he was he was great last year. He the departure was left a lot to be desired. He kind of uh, left with a sour his his time in New York left me with a sour taste in my mouth. Just kind of the way he has been handled since then. But you know, out of sight, out of mind, kind of. But as a player, I would that would be a great guy to have in in this rotation if you paired him with. Uh, a Scherzer and a DeGrom and being your three-star. I mean, that's one of the, that's setting up to be one of the best rotations in baseball. Um, but you're right. I, and a lot of Mets fans did expect them to, to bring him back this year and, and they didn't, but as we're going to get into, as you said, they made another move that very happy about. Very happy about you should be for sure. And then lastly, uh, it seems like he's already was gone because of the injury. He only pitched two innings last year, but Noah Syndergaard, now on the Angels. So your pitching staff is going to look a lot different. We've already talked about the excitement of the Grom and Scherzer leading it off. We're going to talk about another trade here in just a moment. But Noah finally gone. It's going to look a little different seeing seeing him not in a Mets jersey and seeing him in Anaheim. I'm sure it'll probably look fine, though, with the, the flowy California-looking hair. It'll probably be just fine. But your thoughts on Syndergaard finally going, I, I wish him luck. Yeah, I do, too. He was he was always one of my I mean, a lot of those guys on the 2015 Mets always hold a special place in my heart because that was the first real time. It was like, all right, we're getting out of this this dark cellar of the early early 2010s, late uh, late 2000s, right after like the the collapse in like 2008 and 2009. So just to have that hope in Syndergaard was someone I was attached to. I have a Syndergaard jersey, one of the first of those uh, the five aces that jerseys that I got. Um, so it was like bittersweet to see him go. He, he also left on a kind of a, a, a weird social media term, but I, I have nothing but love for, for Noah Syndergaard. And, and you're very right that the Thor-esque uh, flowy hair fits much, much better in LA than in New York. Well, let's talk about this since we're talking about the pitchers now and we're moving on. The lockout's over. Free agency frenzy has happened. And the Mets kind of 
started off. Well, for the most part, they did. Maybe there's a couple smaller transactions before. I keep saying transactions, acquisitions before it. But there is a trade that happened with Chris Bassett coming over mm-hmm. to the Mets for the Oakland Athletics for a couple couple prospects compared to what the Athletics got for Matt Olson. Now, obviously, we are comparing apples and oranges here, so let's be fair. But compared to what the hole that Atlanta had give up for Olson, it seems like that was not a bad trade for you getting Bassett from Oakland. What, what, what's your thoughts? Uh, Bassett coming over to the Mets. No, I completely agree. I didn't think that was a bad trade at all. I mean, the Mets are in a win-now mode. Um, JT Ginn, I think they're, they're fifth or sixth. I think it's fifth. But the fifth-rated prospect, who I was I was excited for, he uh, just watching what I have watched of him in uh, like his college sets. He, he had a little arm issue. I think it was Tommy. I think he had Tommy John. I shouldn't say a little arm issue. He had an arm issue, um, but he, he's fully recovered and was a guy that a lot of Mets fans were, were very excited about for the future. Um, but the Mets are a win now team. You have to give up some of these guys to go and try and improve your roster currently. Does it suck that he's gone? Yeah, I would have. I was excited to see him in the future, but Chris Bassett, you we talking about Marcus Strom before. He's a very Marcus Stroman-esque pitcher where he's not going to get a ton of strikeouts, but he's going to pitch pitch the contact, pitch the weak contact, get a lot of ground balls, and fits perfectly as the third option in this in this rotation behind uh, the Grom and Scherzer. Where, like, like I said, not the strikeout guy that those two guys are. So it's a it's a change change of pace. So I'm I'm very excited. And the other prospect they gave up, Alcol, was just a you know 27 year old uh, relief pitcher who's never made it to the majors. Um, so nothing really that huge. So I'm very, very happy with with the trade. The fact that you didn't have to give out Francisco Alvarez or Brett oh. Beatty is something that's very helpful, too. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, that would probably if you would have went after an, an Olsen or something, there's no doubt that that would have been going on. Look, I know I keep bringing it up, but I'm sure we'll talk about it in the future that the trade, the the hold that Atlanta had to give up to give Matt Olson was absolutely insane. A lot. Um, since we since we're on it, let's talk about it. This is in your division now. It sounds like Freddie Freeman's gone, but Matt Olson's coming in. He just signed an eight-year extension, so you're gonna have to be dealing with him for a long time. He could easily be a, a, a Mets killer. What's your thoughts about Olson? Uh, you're gonna have to face him for a while. Listen, I don't know what kind of black magic the the Braves have, where they can just sign all of these guys they bring into very team-friendly contracts. They did it again with Matt Olson, but no, Matt Olson is is technically a downgrade from Freddie Freeman, but he's still probably a uh, he's still a top five, probably top three first baseman in, in the league with a gold glove, insane power. And in one of those like higher-esque altitudes in Atlanta, he's going to hit a lot of home runs and probably kill the Mets. Because that's just what the Braves always have a Met killer, whether it was Chipper Jones to Freddie Freeman. Now it might be Matt Olson. But I am more happy that I can root for Freddie Freeman now, because Freddie Freeman is just a genuinely awesome person. Like, you ask any baseball fan or anyone who knows about Freddie Freeman, he's just the nicest person ever. So I'm happy that unless he goes to another NL East team or the Yankees, I feel good rooting for him. See, that's what I was just going to ask. Is like, well, if he goes in pinstripes, are you still going to feel okay rooting for him? I couldn't. It, it would be the same thing as what was with the Braves. I was like, yeah, hey, you're a nice guy, but uh, I hope you uh, hope you golden sombrero a couple times. <laughs> Fair. All right, that's fair. All right, so the starting pitching rotation looking into 2022, looks like DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett's going to be your one, two, three. Uh, Cookie Carrasso, is that going to be your fourth guy? I know that there's some injuries with Joey Lucchesi. What Round out this rotation for me. How do you think it's going to end up? Yeah, it's going to, like you said, DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. And then it's more than likely going to be Carrasco and then Taiwan Walker. So, and they, they have a couple of other options. Like they had Tyler McGill, who came up last year, pitched very well, but uh, kind of young. David Peterson is still there. 
those are probably going to be your your six seven guys your next man up if someone gets hurt or you have to skip a start um but it's the back end is going to be walker and carrasco which i i feel i feel good about if if those are the back end guys because i know what their hot what their highs are and what their peaks can be and that's just very exciting if they can get even close to that to be your four or five starter there's been a trade rumor rolling around that Josh Hader might join your bullpen. There's some rumors there. Would you like that instead of Edward Diaz closing out your game or Edwin Diaz closing your games? So Edwin Diaz, I most Met fans, there's a love-hate relationship with Edwin Diaz because he has insane stuff. And he wasn't, I would say this, he, he wasn't as bad last year in spots. He had a couple blow-ups, the most memorable, that series against the Pirates right after the All-Star break where he gave up a, I don't even know. I still don't know how it went off walk off grand slam to Jacob Stallings, but I I'm still fine with Edwin Diaz as the closer. Now, if they can get Josh Hader, depending on what you can give up, because we're talking Edwin Diaz giving up a big prospects for relief pitchers doesn't tend to work out as well. But if they were to get him without giving up too much, I would be, I mean, it's hard not to say you'd be super interested in Josh Hader, uh, another hard throwing elite lefty in the bullpen that would be spectacular to round out your bullpen. Robinson Cano is returning back from, you know, an injury that he's had for quite some time uh, and suspensions as well. Looks like that might be helpful for the Mets with the fact that the DH, the universal DH is returning. How do you feel about Robinson Cano returning? Listen, I like Robinson Cano. I mean, he, t- he had the whole year off, obviously the steroids uh, and, and whatnot, but people forget the short in 2020 and 2019, he was pretty good. For, for the most part, he he was hurt in 2019 a little bit. When he was playing, he was solid. 2020, he was really good. He was hitting over 300 for most of the season. I hope he rounded out as that. But if he's just your, your DH, just, hey, just say, hey, all you got to do is focus on hitting. Don't worry about fielding. Maybe once a little bit here and there at second base. I, I, I believe Buck Showalter came out and said that uh, Cano's probably going to get a few games here at second base, but McNeil's the primary second baseman. But if you're just like, hey, just go out, focus on hitting. Uh, I have no problem. That's a professional hitter. But it there is the question of he hasn't played in a year. What is he going to do against major league pitching? So I think they have the depth to like, if that doesn't work, they can kind of work around it, but I I'm excited to have him be in that lineup because of, I know what he can do and what he has done on the team. He's going to be a big focus for me for when spring training games start, when I'm paying attention to the yes. Mets team. I'm sure you are too. Uh, but if he's, if he's going to solidify the designated hitter position, then it seems like you have another good problem to have. And it sounds like you have an abundance of outfielders that maybe need to be, you know, something needs to happen. You know, with the fact of you just signing Mark Canna, you, you know, Dominic Smith, J.D. Davis, you know, Brandon Nimmo, you have a lot of them out there. There has been some talks that maybe someone like a Dom Smith or a J.D. Davis might be on the move. How are you feeling about this outfield? And what do you think of what, what you feeling that might happen? So what I, I think that they're going to wind up trading one of, Smith or Davis. There, there are rumors too about McNeil while we're just talking about trading people. I, I hope they don't trade McNeil, but it seems like one of those three are going to get moved. Um, if I had my preference, it would probably be JD Davis moving for like a middle relief pitcher. Cause that's, that's what the next focus on is for, for the rest of the, of the of free agency. Um, but you said it, you said it right. It's a good problem to have this many uh, MLB bats. So whatever they do, I could I could see them also just just keeping all these guys and just having a very strong bench. It's just finding playing time for everyone. The good thing is um, Don Smith can play first. Uh, 
JD Davis can play third. Like these guys have some position flexibility, so you can mix and match and move these guys around. It's not like they're deadlocked into one position. They really can't play anywhere else. So you, you hit the nail on the coffin. You said it's just a good problem to have. But if I had to make my prediction, I, I think JD Davis is playing for another team this year. And those trades might not be rushed. There has been talks that maybe they might extend out the 26-man roster because of the shortened spring training to mm-hmm. 28 or even 30-man rosters to start the year. That would be a great benefit for you. See for the Mets. See what you, you have in the outfield. Make sure there's no injuries coming out of spring training before you make those moves. That could really benefit a team like the Mets with this outfield situation. Absolutely. You, you said it perfectly. That these the a lot of these new rules have been beneficiary to them that's like the dh we had a lot of guys we had like the robinson cano as we said um that solves that problem this expanded roster to at least begin begin the season that can solve the problem of just oh you have too many guys what do you do with x y and z all right we can we can play it out for the first month and see what happens with with this um so yeah it's very be very beneficial whether it's 26 29 30 um that can really only help the mets at this point we talked about Francisco Lindor and how the historically bad start of the season he had last year. He definitely picked it back up to start the, or I'm sorry, to finish the year, got over the threshold, the threshold for OPS plus, made it to 101. You know, it's always good to be over that hundred mark when you're looking at superstar. Obviously, you want to see way more from him, way more production throughout the 162 games, and see him play more than 125 like he did last year. Are we going to see a bounce back from Frankie Lindor? I mean, I sure hope so. No, I, I do think he's going to bounce back. The, a lot of these guys are just, they're too talented to be that inconsistent or bad for that long. I mean, you saw it. It was a very rough first two months. And I, on Twitter and everything on, on my podcast, I tried to sugarcoat it as much as I can. You know, you try to be optimistic. You try, oh, they're in first place. He's still playing great defense, which he, he did. He was still one of the better defensive shortstops in the league. He was still a good clubhouse leader. So all the intangibles and the defense were there. It's just the bat wasn't, for whatever it was, just wasn't there to begin the season. And he slowly picked it up. Obviously, the end of the year counting stats weren't going to be good because he had such a bad start to the season. So as long as he gets off to a good start this next year, I'm, I'm not really going to, not really going to, I'm not really going to worry going into the season either. It's, I'm just going to keep saying it. it's Francisco Lindor. I've seen what he's done in the past. He is the superstar. Um, I just hope that he doesn't have the same the same slow start kind of like how like Mark Deschero, we said slow April starts. I don't want that to be the thing with Francis and though he just, he just has a bad April and May every single start of the year, but then he picks it up a little bit. Just, just let's just get a consistent, uh, consistent full 162. And then obviously you got Pete Alonzo who has been an absolute home run killer since he's came up for the Mets, 106 home runs in three years. Yeah, even counting that with the shortened season. If that was a full season still with that three-year total, that's absolutely outstanding. Uh, and, of course, the, the 53 home runs as a rookie. We all know that was mm-hmm. uh, in the juice ball, but still fantastic. We're talking about now there might be this new rule in the All-Star game that if the home run derby champion wins and the All-Star game, instead of going extra innings, they would just give it to the, all, the, the home run king. So he might be a friend of the Mets and a friend of the NL when there's home oh, yeah. field advantage. It could be the same team. It could benefit the Mets. It could be, that could be the team going to the world series. I'm sure I'll get your expectations and your predictions here at the end of the show. Uh, maybe some of that optimism will come our way here, but Pete Alonso, you seen another 35 plus home run season out of him. I definitely can. He has that, that raw power that, well, what I like to call uh, country strong power. Um, he, what he needs to do, though, like the home runs are going to be there, 30, 35. That's just always a power. Just got to get a little more consi- consistent with 
the contact with the bat, raise the average up a, a little bit, be a little bit more uh, more IQ in those those situations where hey, I could hit a home, I could try to hit a home run here, but just poking a single the other way or trying to hit a double in the gap is a much better is a much better option. I'd rather him hit 30 home runs. Uh, and bat like 270 with uh, 110 RBIs, then hit like 40 home runs, just because that helps a lot more than those those 10 extra, 10, those 10 extra home runs in the in the long run. So just get a little consistent in those spots because I know the home runs are going to be there. It'd be nice to see his strikeouts go down just a little bit. Nothing yeah. too concerning, but 22. percent That's about it's it's not over average, but it'd be nice to see that drop into about the 19s. If you see that, then I could see him being well in the running for MVP if he can mm-hmm. keep those bombs up. This team is going to be so fun to watch, but it sounds like the Mets are ready to keep spending. You know, they're, they're not naming a bridge after Cohn. We already heard about that. They <laughs> named a luxury tax after him. So where do you think the spending continues? If it does, is it trade still? Is it free agent signings? And what position do you think they focus on? Well, like I said, I think I think that if you're trading like the JD or, or the Dom Smith, you, you go after reliever. Because I think reliever is the, the last spot that they really need they could try and add an impact that i mean they've been linked to like chris bryant kyle schwarber um all, all the, those kind of bets i think nelson cruz before he signed with washington but what they really need to focus on is getting a uh, relief another relief pitcher more towards the back end and specifically a lefty i i've been focusing in on uh andrew chafin for this entire time just because he's the lefty that they need they need to replace aaron luke who also went over to to the angels with with noah Syndergaard. um but they if they add another bat that would be kind of the only other move I could see besides relief, uh, relief help. But no, I don't, I don't think we've seen the last move from the Mets this off season. All right. Well, there you have it. I feel like we're going to see more as well from the Mets. I don't think we're done. I think that we're going to see another big free agency signing or two. There has been talks that they are in the big free agency signings. You know, there's some talks about, you know, maybe the Chris Bryant's, like you said, I haven't, heard much about the Freddie Freemans or Carlos Correa. I think they're out on that one. Um, but, I mean, you never know. We'll it's see. Cohen, you never know. That's true. That's right. And we, I, I'm surprised we haven't heard anything about the Freddie Freeman yet. And who knows? We we might have um, it, overnight here. So we are recording this on um, on Tuesday night. We're going to drop this Wednesday morning. So hopefully I can eat my words here. But, you know, <laughs> seeing other teams hop in, the, in, in here, it's I feel like Freddie Freeman's the domino that needs to fall. Once he falls, then yeah. it's just all hell's going to break loose. And I think that's why we were all excited for free agency to drop. And there was kind of that dull period because we're realizing, OK, hey, we need those big guys to fall. Uh, the Matt Olson trade definitely helped us out with mm-hmm. that case. So hopefully that does happen. But with that being said, New York Mets, NL East last year, third place. Do you see an improvement? The World Series champions are in your division. The Atlanta Braves, they look like they're ready to reload. The Philadelphia Phillies, you can never really tell what they're going to do. I know there's a strong rivalry between Philly and Mets. So if you want to bring that slander, by all means, bring it my way. And then, um, you know, Miami Marlins don't look too bad. And in the Nationals, we can see some sort of rebuild. But it sounds like they want to be competitive at the same time. So Mm -hmm. I feel like this division is going to be a very tough division. I think it might be the toughest division in all of baseball um, with the, maybe the argument of the AL East. How do you feel about these Mets this year in 2022? Listen, I, I they're going to be better. They, they're, they're going to, they've improved. The roster has, they, they somehow lost Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard, Javi Baez, and got better as a team, which you don't see that from many other teams. Like a lot of other teams lose those, those top guys. 
And all right, we're, we're looking for a little bit of regression. Not the Mets. The Mets, they, they added their center field that they really needed in Starling Marte. They added another good on-base percentage guy in Mark Canna. They added one of the best pitchers of this generation, Max Scherzer, and another all-star last year in Chris Bassett. So they've reloaded. 77 wins out the window. This is a 90-plus win team. This is If, I, if I'm if i putting my, my stamp on prediction, I'm saying this is 90, 93, 93 wins for, for the New York Mets in 2022. 93 wins. Now let me ask you another question. Is this a team that you can see in the NLCS or even the World Series? I could definitely see them making a run. They they need that one other relief pitcher. They need that one other move to make me feel very, very comfortable. But I believe they make that, and I believe they can uh, 100% make a run to the, the CS and even into the World Series. I like it. There it is. Going from the Will Ponds a couple of years ago of being the laughing stock of baseball, not being able to spend a dime, to years later having – Every having a tax spent after them or named after them. It's fantastic watching this transition of baseball. One of the, the best storylines in all of the league right now is watching these Mets have fun. They're going to do a 30 for 30 after this team, probably, if they continue it. Not the name, it, you know, naming a bridge after Cohen. Uh, PJ, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, before you go, please let all the listeners know where they can find you, what you got coming up. I know you got episode 86 coming out today on over on your episode. So uh, let, let them know where you can find them. First of all, thank you for having me again. I this is this is a blast. I love talking this this Mets preview with you as I did last year. Um, but you can follow me at PJ underscore Bonello on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the the podcast uh, Scooter and the Big Man uh, at Scoop Big Man Pod on Twitter and at Scooter Big Man Pod on Instagram. You can find us on any wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Go give us a listen. Go give us a, a download. And like Christian said, uh, new episodes every week. We got one dropping uh, today when you're listening to this. So uh, go check us out. And all of the information for what he just said, his Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff will be in the show notes below. So go ahead and check that out. PJ, once again, thank you. I really appreciate coming on. I don't hope it's more than we we, we talk uh, more than just a year from now. Hopefully I get to talk to you during the season this year. I'd love to talk more Mets baseball because it's going to be an exciting one for the NL East and for the, the New York Mets. I would love to. I'd love to to get a midseason chat with you. Fantastic. That's going to wrap it up for us here at the Route Report. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will continue back here next time with another 30-team preview as we get closer and closer to opening day as we're right next to spring training now. It's going to be a fantastic season. We're all excited and optimistic, as you can hear, and we're going to continue that on through for this rest of 30-team preview. But until then, we'll see you back here next time. Take care. Thanks for listening. Tune in weekdays for more of the Round Reports. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. Recent independent studies show that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.